Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Good God of mercy. So today, we're going to continue in the vein in which I was ministering the last time I was here And I said to you, if you recall, that your marriage is being hunted. Like a hunter goes to hunt wild game, whether it's a deer or a moose or an elephant or a crocodile or or a rabbit or a raccoon or a squirrel. Hunting is hunting. And when someone goes to hunt, they go to kill. A hunter goes to kill, not to play games. But they go into the woods or to the highway or the byway to put to naught something that was breathing will no longer be able to breathe. And Satan is hunting for your marriage. And God forbid that he's hunting your marriage and you're playing. It's dangerous to encounter somebody who is serious while you're playing. And Satan is serious. You don't fall out of love. You're under attack. You don't leave your family. You're under attack. You don't find somebody better than your husband or better than your wife on the job or quick trip. You're under attack. For the mere thought you're thinking about leaving is a sign that you're under satanic attack. But the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God. For the pulling down of every stronghold, every thought, every suggestion, every imagination that tries to exalt itself against the truth of God's word. Hallelujah to God. So today, I want to take just a few moments on Super Bowl Sunday. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. So I won't get too wound up. But I do want to talk about the power of unified families. The power of unified families. Nugget number one, please. Let's go ahead and do that and And then we'll go to the book of Amos. Ready? Read. Come on, E-Church. Let's read together. Ready out loud. Ready? Read. Say it again. Okay. Say it again and look at somebody while you're saying it. We are. Would you say it again to the person on the other side? We are. We're, we're be- Harvest Church, we are better together 
than we are apart. That's why the enemy comes in wherever he can get in to try to sow division and contention and strife. Because he knows that if he can get us to fall out over something stupid, Nugget number two. If Satan can steal your agreement, and there's some folk who are listening to me right now, you should have a whole lot more than what you have right now. And the only reason you don't have it is because you don't stay in agreement. When you take a position, you can't flip-flop. You understand, in the spirit realm, when you're saying things and say, oh, I don't mean it, angels don't understand that. All they know is what you said. Jesus. Nugget number three, please. Oh, this is powerful. Ready? Read. I don't care where it is. Let a ministry be birthed in a city that is ordained by God, all hell will come against that ministry. They'll call that ministry everything but a thing from God because the devil knows that ministry is going to make changes in that city. Unity always come under satanic attack. What always come under satanic attack? Nugget number four, please. Mm. Say it again. I'm going to show you in the Bible in a minute. Unity is a place. Oh, God. And you want to find it. And when you do, you want to stay. God of mercy. Nugget number five. This is the last one. It's rather long. Hopefully you can read it in smaller print, but let's, let's go. Ready? Read. Oh, Jesus. The devil hates that you're married. And the devil hates that you got godly friends. Because godly friends won't go along with you when you're deciding to do something wrong. Oh, Jesus. If you tell somebody that you call a friend and you tell them you're getting ready to do something and it's contrary to the word of God and they don't speak up, that's not a good godly friend. You see, a good godly friend is willing to run the risk of losing you as a friend to tell you the truth. And that's why some people are in trouble. 
they don't have truth tellers in their lives. All the people you call your friends are cheerleaders. Good God of mercy, you preaching boy. <laughs> Say this with me. We are better, we are better. together. Now let's go to Amos. I'm going to say it several times, not for you to remind myself, this is Super Bowl Sunday. I'm just telling telling me. This is Super Bowl Sunday. Amos chapter number three. And we're talking about the power of unified family. Amos here in Amos 3, he makes a statement uh, that is a great principle that, that we all need to understand. Look, look at verse 3. Perhaps we won't get any further than this. Are you in verse 3? Ready? Read. Read it again. Stop right there. Read it again. Hold on. Can two walk together? That's the question. Can two walk together? Unless they are agreed. can, Can I use you all for a moment? Would you walk together? Can two walk together unless they agree? Can two walk together unless they agree? Can two walk? Can two walk together unless they... Hold on now. This is is husband and wife. How in the world are they going to be successful if they don't walk together? What can they accomplish going two separate directions? How can they have a blessed marriage or a blessed house or a blessed family? If they're not walking together, please. Well, give them a great big God bless you. I want Super Bowl Sunday. I was going to go on with something. So can, with the illustration, do it again. Just the first part. Can two walk together? Stop right there. Come on, talk to me. Can't can two walk together? Unless they agree, go ahead and walk, walk back to your, to your seats. Question, can two walk together unless they agree? So can two walk together? How many say yes? These lights are in my eyes. How many of you say no? I see you, Oscar. Oh, 
Okay, some of you didn't raise your hands on either one. That's the safe, safe group. This is a powerful principle that Amos, we call the minor prophets, is giving this as illustration. He says, can two walk together unless they be agreed? And the truth of the matter is, yes, you can walk together. But you're not going to stay together. Why? Because you don't agree. Jesus. Have you ever seen anybody get married? Huh? You, you ever, have you ever been to a wedding? And you check on them a year later or two years later, and they're not together? Come on now. Did they not walk together down the aisle? But what happened? After the ceremony, they discovered they don't agree. Oh, Jesus. And I've said this before. The reason we get in so much trouble in the Western world, which includes America, is that we don't know how to date. One reason we don't know how to date is nobody trained us because nobody trained them. <laughs> Jesus. And the reason nobody trained them is because dating is not in the Bible. Now, I'm not saying we should go back to the biblical first principles of how husbands and wives got together, chosen by the parents. See, I, I, I feel the heat. It's Super Bowl Sunday. But the amazing thing, they had a better percentage than we have today of staying together. You, you see, when, when, you, when you go out looking for somebody, you're looking for somebody cute. And when your parents are involved in it, they're looking for somebody who they believe can live with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's the truth. If, your mom, if you let your mama tell you the truth without you getting mad at you, he, he, that boy can't handle you. <laughs> Have you allowed that boy to see the other side of you? Let's, let's move on before I lose the crowd. So two can walk together, yes, but they cannot go together. Oh, God. They can walk together, but they can't go together. You didn't catch that. They can, there's some folk in here now. They're walking together, but they're not going together. You see, you can, Deke, you can walk together, Brother Deacon Berkson, but you can't go together. 
You may have been walking together for years, but you haven't gone anywhere. Not together. And what little you do have in your environment of, of the community is just the grace and mercies of God. But how much more could God do if y'all get on same page? So here's a cause and an effect in Amos 3, 3. The cause, there must, the cause, there must be agreement if you are to walk together with God. Okay, let me give you a clear illustration. You love God, you're walking with God, but you're married to a spouse who could take it or leave it. You're walking together, but you're not going together. You go to the church, he stays home. You're going to heaven. His eternal destination starts with an H. It's Super Bowl Sunday. The only way we can walk together is if we agree. And the only way we can stay together in agreement is that both of us have to agree with God. If we don't agree with God, every marriage in here is in trouble. Because the only thing that can hold your family together is not some secular counseling session of seven or eight or ten or twelve steps to this. The only thing that will hold your marriage and family together is one step. And that step is in agreement with Almighty God. Because when we as a couple decide that God is the final authority in our marriage, then what I think doesn't matter. What I feel like I'm not getting doesn't matter. All that matters, good God of mercy, is that I please him. And I want to hear on that glorious day, like Apostle Paul, well done, thou good. Hallelujah to Jesus. So there must be agreement if you are to walk together with God. That's the call, the effect. You will walk with him when you are in agreement. When you are in agreement. And when I talk about agreement with God, hear me now. God does not come over to your side. We have to go over to his side. Individually and corporally as a married, as a family, as a church. No matter what winds are blowing, we have to make a decision. We are going to agree with God 
no matter what the world says. Can somebody say amen to this truth? Look at somebody and smile. Say this through your mask. First of all, tell them that behind my mask, I'm smiling. If Satan can steal your agreement, he can steal your increase, and he will. I said to you in a nugget number three that uh, Satan hates unity. And unity always comes under satanic attack. The devil doesn't want your marriage, your family, your church, anything that you've consecrated to God. Uh, Satan doesn't want any of those things to stay together. That's why even as I've been teaching these lessons on the clarity of the family, some of you, I mean, it's almost like when I started teaching it, all hell broke loose. Because the Bible says that when the word is sown, that the enemy comes, the enemy comes immediately. Why? Because he doesn't want that, the word to take root in your life. He doesn't want it to go down and take hold. He doesn't want you to come to a position where not only you have heard the word, but now you're going to apply the word. And when you start applying the word of God, I mean, he can, I mean, he, he needs to go to another city. Are you listening to me? Because Satan knows what will happen if we get on one accord. Just think for a moment. What would happen in your family if you all got unified? Sisters start speaking to each other. Brothers, we haven't talked in a long time over something that happened in 1932. They're close to the grave and still not speaking. That's scary. Any moment, one of them can, you know, not wake up. Mothers not speaking to daughters. Daughters not speaking to mothers. Over decisions that the mother made in her life when she was 12 years old, still mad. Mad at her mother and she got kids now. I wonder what, wonder what would happen if we would just for a moment stop being petty. And stop acting like children, like every toy belonged to you. And if all the toys are yours, to, to embrace a heart that is willing to share. I mean, we're having a good time till you show up. Come on now, every family has them. I mean, the family, they just, you know, everybody. And then they say, so-and-so just pulled up. Who? I wonder how 
much more powerful and impactful your family would be if you would just get unified. If you all would just stay in agreement long enough to kick poverty and lack out. Everybody in the family poor. Everybody in the family broke. And when I say things like that, I can feel it with some people. They get mad when you say, I mean, they're not only broke, but they're protecting it. You know, I said something they didn't like, and I mean they put up a wall. Good God of mercy. I'm going somewhere. I'm leading you somewhere, and then I'm going to drop it off because it's Super Bowl Sunday. Go to Psalms 133. You're going to see something now. Oh, Jesus, you do not have to be broke. Are you listening to me? You do not have to stay in lack. You can, but you don't have to stay there. You can, before you die, experience what Jesus purchased for you. And on Golgotha's Hill, I heard somebody praying this morning about Golgotha's Hill. But on Golgotha's Hill, he purchased for you more than just you an avenue to go to heaven. He died and rose on the third day for more than just you to be healed in your body and sound in your mind. Jesus paid a price for your prosperity. He said, I became poor that you might become, come on, talk to me, somebody. And if you're not walking in the blessings of God, God wants you to know it's not me holding something back from you, but the thief comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I've come that you might have life and that you might have it. More abundantly, somebody needs to preach this to you. I pray you get so mad that you kick lack and poverty out of your family, out of your life. (laughs) Glory to God. I'm tired of not being able to pay my bills. Going downtown and begging for them to allow me to put a little on it. sitting in my house in Kansas City on Super Bowl Sunday. It's cold outside, and everybody in the house is under threat if they turn the thermometer past 67. In the house, and everybody got a coat on and gloves. Inside, but acting like, come on, talk to me like you outside. And you don't understand how that's affecting your thinking. Can I preach this thing? God's not calling you to cut back. That's the world system. God said, I'll bless you and I'll make you a blessing. Could God have mercy? Tell three people, God's getting ready to bless me and make me a blessing. God's getting ready to bless me and make me a blessing. 
<laughs> See, I told you to tell three people because everybody sitting around you, they didn't speak to you when they came in because you didn't look like God is getting ready to bless you and make you a blessing. You better stop walking by people and treating people like they don't count. Sitting by people and don't even say hello. Because they don't look like they're next in line. Mm -hmm. Good God of mercy. Yeah, hallelujah. 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 Somebody shout, money coming. Money coming. Money coming to me now in Jesus' name. Please, please, please have a seat. Let, let, let me give you this and we're done. This is Super Bowl Sunday. Somebody say, tone, tone it down, Pastor. This is Super Bowl Sunday. You're going to make me shout in a minute. Because I know I'm next in line. God's getting ready to bless somebody. And that somebody, I'm next, I'm next, I'm next. Come on, tell three people, I'm next, I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. You can have what you say. I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. God's getting ready to download a miracle. I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. I'm next. God's going to use me. God's going to use my family. We're going to be blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Good God. Come on, have a seat. Let, let me solidify this with the word of God. Are you in Psalms 133? Let, let's look at something. Psalms 133. Verse number one, I think we read this almost every Sunday in my church. I grew up in a Baptist church. And, you know, I'd get my Bible out of the back of the pew. I would follow along as a little boy in the church and couldn't read. I'd just move my finger. But bless God, I can read it now. And notice what it says, behold. Take notice how good and how pleasant it is for brothers and sisters to gather at 4300 North Corrington Avenue on Super Bowl Sunday. God. Because God so designed this thing that you cannot fulfill your God-given purpose by yourself. Let's, let's read on. For brethren to dwell together. Not just together, but in unity. Good God of mercy. Or to dwell together in harmony. Uh, play me something out of harmony. 
hit another key. Does that sound like a hit record? Huh? Why? Why? It's, it's no harmony to it. And that's how you look as a couple when you're not walking in agreement. You think you look good, but you look bad. And when you open your mouth, you sound bad. Now, hit me something, two or three keys in harmony. Oh. Boy, that just sounds blessed, doesn't it? It is like the precious oil upon the head. Hit that, that key again. Oh, my. When, when, when you see a couple coming over to visit for Super Bowl Sunday, everybody in the house gets glad when they see them just, just in the walkway because wherever they go, they just, they just bring pleasantries. They, they know when they come over uh, that, 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 that peace is coming. And, and they know they're not coming empty-handed. You know, Super Bowl Sunday. You, you, know, they, you know, they're going to stop by gates or, or, you know, or they're bringing pop. Not, not the pop that sits out by the, the gas pump that's been sitting there for three years. That when you open the can, it doesn't fizz. Come on, come on, I'm going to find you. I'm, I'm not talking about that married couple who comes with, you know, 30 cans of pop for a dollar. <laughs> I done messed up my message, Jesus. But it's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard and the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, That's why whatever you're not agreeing over, y'all need to put that aside. That, it, it, don't, it don't matter. Because if you, if, you, if you stay in disagreement, you're going to miss there. Married for 15 years, but never been there. Married all those years, still don't have a house. Because you're not there. Married 20 years, still don't have decent transportation because you're not there. Married three to five years, still don't have life insurance because you're not there. Married seven years and still fussing over money because you're not there. Walking together. Good God of mercy, but not there. For, for, for there, the Lord command the blessing. 
Remember what I said, unity is a place. And when you get to that place of unity, that's the place. There is the place where God commands the blessing. So you don't have to pray about the blessing. Just get there. Get where? Get to the place. Get to the place. Tell three people, get to the place. You don't have to worry about paying your bills. Just get to the place. You're struggling because you're not in the place. You got holes in your pocket because you're not in the place. You've made money, but you don't know where it's gone. Come on, talk to me, somebody. <laughs> For some of you, it's not that there's been a lack of money. There's just a lack of evidence that you had any. Because you're not in the place. Because there are people with money who don't have the blessing. Because they got money, but they're not in the place. And blessing is more than money. In the right place, the blessing will hold your marriage and your family together when everybody else is falling apart. So glad I'm preaching to myself now. I know this is Super Bowl Sunday, but I feel like taking my socks off. I'm so glad that God allowed me to find a place. Because in the place, there's healing, there's peace, there's joy, there's contentment. Every need is supplied in the place. God didn't call you and I to worry and to be all stressed out. He called every one of us to get in the place, to get in the spot, to get in the, under the spout where the blessing comes out. And God says, when you find the place, I command the blessing to be on your life. Could God have mercy? Wow. In unity, you stand under the place where the com command blessings flow. Say this with me, in unity, we stand under the place where the command blessing flow. Now, I don't know about you, 
But whatever indifference you may have in your marriage or your family, this alone is worth just, yes, ma'am. Just, baby, as a matter of fact, sweetheart, we've been mad so long about some things, I don't even, I forgot what it is. But from this point on, it doesn't matter. Because it's imperative. Our life depends on the life of our children and our grandchildren. It depends on us getting in the place. Because if we don't get in the right place, then we can't show our children the right place. And they can't show our grandchildren the right place. And the right place is where the command blessing is. Ooh, Jesus. Is this helping anybody at all? Can I close now? And this, somebody said no. <laughs> Amen. This is Super Bowl Sunday. Let's, let's close it out. 1 Corinthians uh, 12. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. You got to see this. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. But, but look, at, look at 1 Corinthians 12. And let, let's look at uh, verse number 12. This is why Satan hates unity. He hates it when a church is on one accord. I wonder what it would be like to be in a church where nobody in that church was a member and spoke against the pastor. Even when he or she suggests something that they don't understand. If they could just shut their mouths and see what the end will be. When you read your Bible, everybody who spoke against a man or woman of God, amen, God took it personal. Ooh, Jesus. And some of you have leprosy. You have leprosy in your finances. Because of what you said about somebody you should not have been talking about. Don't lump me in with all the other reverends. Judge me on, on my content. Come on now. Just because you went to the dentist and he pulled or she pulled out the wrong tooth. <laughs> you know, that don't mean all of the dentists are bad. You just, it just means you need to get another one. Are you following me? Where are we? Verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into, come on, one body, 
whether Jews or Greeks, whether slave or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. In Christ, there's no Baptist. Jesus didn't start a Presbyterian church or an AME or United Methodist or a Pentecostal church or a church of the Nazarene. Jesus didn't start that. Man started that. Man divided all this stuff up based upon their personal interpretations. And it's done nothing but divided the body. I'm Baptist, so I don't go to a Presbyterian church. So we're interdenominational church. We just said, if you're Baptist, Methodist, Nazareth, come on. <laughs> Catholic, it don't make it. Do you love Jesus? Is Jesus your Lord and Savior of your life? If, if Jesus is your Savior and he's Lord of your life, blessed be God, come on to Harvest Church where Jesus is Lord. And if, and if you have to keep your title to, for whatever reason, Baptist, Methodist, or Catholic like my wife, who cares? Do you love Jesus? Because he is the only ticket to heaven. And he alone. Oh, God. I said, oh, God. So we see from the revelation of Apostle Paul to the church at Corinth that we need one another. Walking by people, not even speaking. And then have the nerve to say that that, that is your sister or your brother in Christ. Would you walk by your sister like that? Or your brother? Yeah, you would if you all had disagreement. You are not speaking. Y'all falling out. But you walked in church today and walked by people and didn't say a word. Because most of the time, before we speak, we check you out. To see on our scale, do you measure up for me to say hello? And Paul, by the Holy Ghost, he says, hold, hold on, Harvest. H hold on, Christian. It's just one body with many members. But all those members make up one body. <laughs> you, you Protestants, don't throw stones at the Catholics. There are Catholics who belong to Jesus. You all know the story when I joined the military, and in the military you had to go to church on Sundays. 
And so, you know, we all lined up, all the soldiers, we lined up, you know, we all, and, and we come to the place where now you got to make a decision. And I walk up in front of the sir. I say, sir, I'm ready to go to church, sir. He said, are you Catholic or Protestant? I said, I don't know, sir. He said, if you are a Catholic, you'd know it, Protestant. <laughs> That's what he told me. He said, if you was a Catholic, you'd know it. You are a Protestant. And I went to the sign that said Protestant. I kept walking around this circle. It said Protestant, Protestants. And then finally I saw a Baptist. I said, yeah, there it is. They had several Baptist churches. And I went in a certain one. <laughs> Hallelujah. But we absolutely, let me close, we absolutely need each other. Brothers, if you don't hear me hear this, you really do need your wife. And the devil knows it. That's why he'll fight overtime to try to convince you to leave her for some Jezebel you met in the parking lot at Harvest Church. Now, I'm not being facetious, but I'm just simply saying to you that the devil don't wait till you get down to the filling station. And he doesn't always wait for you to come out of the church. Sometimes he'll attack you in the edifice. And she's going to do and say everything your wife is not doing or saying. Your wife hasn't been to smile. She's going to smile every time she get up in your face. Teeth haven't even been brushed. She's all grinning. Next time she come, give her a tic-tac. She won't come back. Mm, I'm helping somebody. Oh, Jesus. We absolutely, we absolutely need each other. Did you hear what I said, saints? We, we absolutely, we really do need it. For in fact, the body is not one member, but as many. Man, we need each other. And you've never seen a group of people who fight each other like church folk. Even sinners will gather up their wounded and minister CPR. We're the only group that'll kill each other. And will rejoice when you die. And say, I knew. I knew she wasn't going to last. I knew when he came to the altar, I knew he wasn't going to stay. 
I knew when they got married, that wasn't it. Well, if that was your attitude, why did you attend the wedding? Because it's only for those who agree. When I don't agree, I don't show up. I don't care who you are. Because my presence, my mere presence says something. And you're not going to backdoor me and get me on the premises because I don't agree. I don't have a witness in my spirit that what you're about to do is sanctioned by God. And if I don't believe it's sanctioned by God, I have no business being there. This help anybody at all? I said I would close, didn't I? It's Super Bowl Sunday. Stand to your feet. Jesus. Uh, Jesus. Can I just do this one last thing? Have a seat. Go, go, Go to Genesis 1. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday. But, but look at this. Look at this. In Genesis 1, and, and, and we're done. Whoever's going to take my place, get ready to come up here with your Philadelphia shirt on. <laughs> but, but, but look at this. In, in Genesis, Genesis chapter 1. <clears throat> now, in your study time, I want you to read Genesis 1. <clears throat> because... God does something. Look at verse 5. God does something. And look what he says at the end. So the evening and the morning were the what? The the first day. Look look at at verse number 8. Look at the end. So the evening and the morning was the... the, look, Look at verse number 13. Read at the end. So the evening and the morning was the... Ooh, Jesus, third day, third day. Look look at 19. Look at the end. I I can't hear you. So the evening and the morning was was, was what? Look look at verse 23. So the evening and the morning, come on. Look at verse 31. Yeah, that's what I want. Look at verse 31. Go, Go ahead. And so the evening and the... So for for six straight days, God created the heavens, the earth. He created water. He created dry land. He created animals. He created creatures in the ocean. He created the galaxies. For six whole days, God created. Come on, talk to me. And then, after six days of creating, God looked at what he created and said, it is everything he created. He looked at it and saw that it was good. 
And then we go over to the next chapter. And for the first time in history, God sees something that he created and looked at it and said, it is not good. Now, I know you're inclined to want to try to rationalize it away because how can something not be good and the fall hasn't happened? This statement of God that is not good was before the fall. And God looked at something that he created. And he said, this is not good. For it is not good for man to be alone. clarity of the family. We're going back right now again to our foundation of who instituted marriage. Where did it start? Whose idea was it? And what constitutes a marriage or a family that God created? God looked at Adam and said, hold on now. Because the word of God says that God made man in his own image and in his likeness and similitude. Then God looked at something that he made like himself and said, good God of mercy, it's not good. The next time we come together, I'm going to show you why it is not good for a brother to try to be successful in this life without his wife. Were you blessed today? Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.